Bibles, let's, let's, I'm going to look at uh, some scripture here. <laughs> Go to Ephesians. Where do, what, what did Hans preach out of? Did he preach out of Ephesians? Yeah, everybody been preaching out of Ephesians. Ephesians, where was he at in Ephesians? Do you remember? Ephesians chapter 5, right? Ephesians chapter 5, let's go there. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little something. We were, uh, we were over in, in Northwest Ohio, um, and I was, I was preaching for uh, my cousin, Ruben Villanueva. They just uh, went from being um, dwelling place church, and they, they relaunched as Live Ready Church. Live Ready Church. Now, I like that. Amen. So we were there in revival, and while we were there in revival, uh, the, Lord, the Lord, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You ought to go back to four years ago before revival broke out at that church and listen to one of their services from four years ago and then listen to this week's service. You, you'll be shocked. It's like, the, it's like it's not even the same people. If you didn't see that it was the same person on the screen, you'd believe that it was, it was a totally different group of people. The Lord has brought such a transformation to this church. And you know why it's come? As a result of God's spirit. As a result of God's spirit. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, church. We are a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. I am a spirit-filled and spirit-led pastor. If, you, if you're not spirit-filled and spirit-led, that's by, that's by your choice. But this church, because I am spirit-filled and spirit-led, we do things here by the spirit. And what we need more than anything uh, in our nation, in the world, especially in the church, is we need for there to be a return to God's people being filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I know, I know you're like, oh, Brother Ziggy, you, you tell us this often, Pastor. You're, this is something that you've uh, said regular. And, and I'm going to keep on saying it until we, until we get an understanding that being filled, uh, spirit-filled, doesn't, doesn't look like what the church looks like today, even our church. And that was one thing that I was, uh, I was talking about. So I want, I want to show you something because I don't think, I'm not sure Reuben, uh, Pastor Reuben and Sister Andrea uh, saw this. Uh, the, the, where, the place where they got the, uh, um, the uh, name Live Ready was uh, Pastor Reuben's grandfather, who I preached my first, actually I gave my testimony. It's the first church I ever went to and ministered at was his grandfather's church. And um, just before we knew we were related, we didn't know we was related until four years ago. But I, I went to his grandfather's church and I gave my testimony, cast the devils out of a girl in the front row. I mean, she came, uh, <laughs> her name was Eve. And uh, uh, Reuben says, after that, they called her evil. <laughs> anyway, she, she never did. He tried to cast devils out of her. She didn't, she wouldn't let him go anyhow. But, um, but anyway, so, uh, but his grandfather, uh, his name was Benjamin de la Cruz and Ben, when he would, he said, when he would talk to his kids, his grandkids, he said, he would tell them, live ready, live ready, turn to someone, tell them, live ready. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, 
he, he said that, but some people don't understand that that's the word of God. That wasn't just, that wasn't just something that he said out of his head. It, it was something he was saying out of his spirit. It was so impactful when he would say it that Reuben has now called his church Live Ready Church. He didn't name the church after a scripture or after a verse. They don't have a Bible verse or anything. Maybe Well, they didn't. Now they probably do. But you know, the word, it, this, it is the word of God to live ready. And we, we know the verse. We know the verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, same place where uh, Hans was, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse, let's, let's read from verse uh, 15. And I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. In the Amplified. It says, uh, uh, let's start with, what did I say, verse 14? Okay, well, let's, let's start with verse 14. It says, Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine, make day dawn upon you, and give you light. Amen. Verse 15. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live Purposefully and worthily and accurately. Or in other words, live ready. Live ready. Live ready. Don't don't live, don't live ready to retire. Listen, some of you living ready so that you can retire and so that you can have benefits and so that you in your old age you won't have to be with. Amen. Don't live ready for, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready for the recession. Listen, don't live ready for no recession. I ain't living ready for no recession. I ain't living ready for, some people living ready and, and ready for the other shoe to drop. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. We're seeing uh, right now, um, I'm getting more phone calls and we're seeing more uh, death right now, I think, than we've ever seen before, especially people dying by suicide. We've, we've come, we came out of COVID in a time when people were in distress, they were discontent, they were, uh, they were, they were struggling in life, and then here we are, what was that, in 2020? Here we are two years later, and now after it seems like, uh, again, <laughs> <laughs> after it seems like uh, the danger has passed or whatever, and I'm not sure there was ever as much danger as we all know, I'm not sure there was ever as much danger as we were led to believe by the uh, secular media. I think that they were fear-mongering. I think that a lot of the things that they were reporting were highly inaccurate for the purpose of ratings. That's what they do. That's always what they've done. Um, and... and uh, and unfortunately, because this was something, and I'm not denying COVID and the existence of the disease and the fact that it probably was definitely more dangerous than the common cold or even the flu. But you know, the flu kills a lot of people. We had a pastor down the road, a brother by the name of Dennis Hardwell, young man, 30 years of age. I mean, 30, 31 years of age. He, he, 29. He passed, he passed away uh, last week or a, a week ago and um, died of pneumonia. Not COVID related, just died of pneumonia. 
So, I mean, instantly, this guy, this guy had he has visions. He has dreams. His church has plans. His church has vision. His church has dreams. They have, they have, they're looking forward to something that they believe that God wants to do in them. And in a moment, he's gone. Of course, most of you have heard that the Bacchus son, Alex, uh, has, has passed away. And that he, uh, as far as they know, now, you know what, I'm... Due to the circumstances, I'm not sure what happened, but what they're, call, what they're calling Alex's death is a suicide. And so our, our hearts are broken for the Bacchus and for their family. His funeral will be Tuesday at 10 a.m. Um, I think we did get the word out or we will get the word out. If you need to know where that funeral is, I would encourage you to go and support the Bacchus. Um, of course, we lost Michelle recently. Uh, to her, uh, a disease in her heart, there are, there are people that are there, there are people that are young people, and, and I'm and listen. I know some of you say, "Well, people dying all the time," and I realize that people are dying all the time. But we're, I'm, we're seeing it's all. You know what it's like? It's oh Jesus! It's almost like that somehow or another, when when the media began to. Uh, stir up this fear of death that somehow or another it, it didn't happen through COVID, but because amen. But because we were geared toward death, now all of a sudden there's this high rate of death amongst young people and old all kinds of people for the for the, for the most oddball reasons, and many of them are people of faith. Are y'all are y'all hearing me today? You know there's a there's a story. Mm. There's a story. Oh Jesus, should I, should I go there? I, amen. As, <laughs> as he gets a hold of Josiah, go there, Pastor, while I take care of this. Amen. <laughs> it's all right, Jasmine. Take care of business there. Amen. But I, I think I'm. I think I am going to go there. Um, I want you to turn to First um, um, Kings. Maybe not. Maybe it's Second Kings. No, First Kings. Go to First Kings, and I'll tell you where in a second. I have to. Um, I have to look at it to know for show. Yeah. First Kings chapter. Um, glory to God. If I can get this Bible to work. You know, every time they change this, it becomes more complicated. Someone someone talk to that man. The Bible app man. All right. First Kings. Chapter 18. Mm, not sure that's exactly the one I want, but. How is it that Google is better than the Bible app? 
We know Google ain't saved. <laughs> the people that created the Bible app are born again. At, come on, y'all. Uh, it's seven, chapter seven. Go to seven. First Kings chapter seven. First Kings chapter seven. Um, Second Kings, I'm sorry, Second Kings. What am I? What am I Second Kings chapter seven. That's what. That's what my problem is. <sighs> really, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I've been doing this for thirty something years. <sighs> I'll figure it out. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter seven. You can tell that. That's how you can tell I don't preach with notes. Some, sometimes I, I get discombobulated. But I, I surely didn't prepare to read you all this. Glory to God. You know, that's not even the story I want y'all to see. Come on, Jesus, help me out here. I'm trying to help these folks out. Ah, there it is. <laughs> no, that's not it either. Hey, help me out. I'm going to tell you the story right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story right now, all right? It's the, it's the story of the of the woman of Zarephath. Is it is it eighteen? Is it, it's in First Kings eighteen, in the, where where uh, Elijah was by the brook and he had bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. Huh? First Kings seventeen. See, so I was closer before. First Kings seventeen. Seventeen. All right. Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Don't don't tell Doctor Belly I got that lost. Doctor Belly be like, boy, read your Bible. Uh, it says this. It says Elijah. The uh, uh, yeah. See, we were there, right? Yes, I was right there, and I was. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay. Uh, verse verse uh, verse one. It says, and Elijah the Tishbite was uh, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not do nor rain these many years according to my word. So he prophesied a drought. He prophesied a famine. Now go down to verse um, 5. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and he dwelt by the brook Cherith. Uh, oh, well, you know, well, let's read the other part because it's important. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt uh, by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. Man, listen, I, I know I got discombobulated, but you guys, you really got to listen. What are, you, what are we talking about? Live ready. We're Say it again. Say it again. I'm, I'm going to show you why you have to live ready. And then I'm going to tell you what living ready is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you why you have to live ready. Number one. Number two, what, what did I start talking about? Death. There's, a, there's like a spirit of death has been released. So he says, he did according to the word of the Lord. He went and he dwelt by the brook chariot that is before Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. So the Lord tells him, go to Zarephath. There's a widow woman there, and I have commanded her to sustain you. So what, what did the Lord tell uh, Elijah? Well, I've made provision for you. 
But notice the provision. The provision wasn't the rich people in town. The provision that God was going to give him was from a widow. Do you know what that word widow translates to? What that word widow means? Desolate place. The place that has lost its provider. So God was telling, and I know you all know this, but God was telling Elijah, I am about to command the desolate place to sustain you. I'm, gonna, I'm about to take you to the place that's lost its provider, and that's what's going to sustain you. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. The church is living in a time where God is telling us to move forward and to do ministry uh, in a time that economically it looks as if most of us are in. This is why we have to live ready. We don't, we're not going to live ready by the world standards. We have to live ready by the word's standards. And if we live ready by the word standard, then we're not going to make decisions about our future based on what we hear on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, uh, HLN. We're going to live by the word of God. Amen. Amen. And right now, if we look into the world, it looks as if there's famine in the world. It looks as if there's, a, in fact, Tyler told me this. I don't, maybe I shouldn't tell it. Tyler told me this uh, yesterday. He said uh, to me, he said, they're laying off people uh, at um, where I work in preparation for what they believe are going to be economic hard times. They, they see it coming and they're preparing. You know what, Michael? Uh, uh, several months ago, I looked on controller and on controller, there were maybe 30 Cirruses for sale on controller. I looked yesterday, there are nearly 400 Cirruses for sale right now. I, I told y'all things were going to, things were getting ready to change. I told you we were coming to that place where we were going. Over. Listen, you can't live ready according to the world. You'll never be able to, you'll never make it if you try to live ready according to the world. You know what? God, God, told, God told Elijah, and, and, he's, and I'm telling you this by the word of the Lord today. I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor, but I'm speaking to you prophetically today. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to live ready, but you've got to live ready according to, to the Bible. I'm telling you that God is going to cause the desolate place, the place that it's lost its provider, God is going to take, and he is going to see you through the famine if you will live ready for him. This is not hopeful. This is not wishful. I am telling you that that is where God wants us to live as believers. And, and I'm going I'm to tell you how we do that. So, but, but notice, I want you to notice this. Ooh, I don't know if I've ever showed you all this before. Maybe I have, because I, I think some of you think I'm about to say something I've already said, but maybe I, I don't think I've ever said this to y'all. So I've commanded the widow there to sustain you. So, verse 10, so he arose and he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called, and she, and he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a, in a vessel that I may drink. And as she, as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. 
So what was her expectation? Her expectation was death. Do you, but you know what? What was the word of the Lord to her? You know what? what? What was God's word to Elijah? Go to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon. I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. You know what the Lord had told her before, before Elijah ever got there? The Lord had already spoken to that woman and said, hey, there's going to come a prophet here. And when he gets here, I want you to take care of him. Now, I reckon that when God told her that, she probably had more oil than she had prior to his arrival, and she probably had more meal than what she had prior to his arrival. And so when God spoke to her, she was in a much better place to sustain the prophet than when he arrived. Are y'all hearing me today? When God spoke to that widow woman, she had more when God spoke to her, then when the prophet showed up and she had the opportunity to do what God had commanded her to do. You know what? That's almost always how God does. God will always speak to you to do something that it looks like you're capable of doing. And then all of a sudden something will happen and it'll seem like it's impossible to be obedient to God. Do y'all remember in, in, in 2020, uh, in late 2019, early 2020, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to do a revival tour. He said, revival now. He said, miracles now. We started the year in a revival in Holland, Ohio. We went 11 weeks and after 11 weeks, we were shut down because of COVID. You know, when they shut us down, uh, pastors looked across the table from me. They said, what should we do? Do you know what? I didn't understand why they were asking me what they should do. I'm like, what do you mean what should you do? You should have known what you needed to do already. I was already determined in my heart that I was going to. Do you know what? Do you know what, Sauce? Do you know why I didn't shut our church down during COVID? Because I lived ready. Do you know why you didn't disconnect from God when COVID hit? Because we were living, because I was preaching and I was telling you to live ready. You didn't know I was telling you, but you were getting it in your spirit. You weren't living by sight. You were living by faith. It was because of that word that God saw us through that time and brought us to the other side more victorious than we were prior to entering into that season. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of you built businesses in that season. Some of you built businesses when businesses were shutting down. Some of us saw the some of us saw the fulfillment of promises of children, family. Prosperity, advancement, expansion, glory to God, glory to God. I'm going to tell you right now, we could have fallen prey to the very same enemy that many all over the world fell prey to. We could have just as easily given ourselves, our minds, our thoughts, our ideas over to a carnal way of thinking. And we could have said, you know what? Safer at home. 
We could have said, you know what, we could we, imagine, imagine if that's what I had preached and that had been my mindset. If I hadn't have been preaching to you all what the word of God said, if we had just been talking about what was popular, if we had just been. When people walk into this building, we moved into this building almost a year ago. Two months. In two months, is it, Michael? In two months or three months? Labor Day. Around Labor Day, it'll be, we'll be in this building for a year. You know what? You look at this building. You look at our, uh, the, the, uh, the presentation uh, that we have here. Uh, people, people walk in and they're like, wow, you know, for a small church, y'all got it together. You know what the difference is between now? I'm not again. I'm not. I'm just. Th- this isn't. This isn't something. You know what? You you purpose to live ready. But there's some things that God does. You don't see it coming. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to turn out. When we set out, when we set out to get out of the building we were in because they shut us, they tried to shut us down during COVID. When we when we made a decision we were getting out of there, we didn't know we were going to end up here. In fact, this was the first place we looked and the first place that we started and it didn't look like it was going to happen. And now this is where we're at. And this is what we have. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to say about that. Do you know why we have in here what we have? We don't have, we don't have lights to be relevant. There were some people that put up lights in their church, and they have, uh, I won't say fog machine. I don't I have an aversion to fog machines, and Eric knew it. That's why he slipped it in without me knowing. I said, what's the, I said, there's a fog machine in there. Eric says, no, pastor, it's a mist machine. It's a, it's a mist machine. I was like, okay, well, whatever. You know, Michael and Twyla, the, the, the way they designed this place, you know, Michael, Michael and Twyla would call me regularly. They say, pastor, what do you think? What colors do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I really don't. And listen, I really don't. When I tell pastors this story, they cringe. They cringe when I, when I tell them that I looked at members of my church and I said, you know what? Do what you think is good. I've seen your house. It's beautiful. You know, do, you, you've got good taste. You see this all the time. You do this all the time. You do what you think is right. You, do. you know why they cringe? Because they've never given anyone that kind of freedom in their church ever. Because they're so afraid someone's going to take it in a wrong direction or that those people are going to have so much ownership in it that they're going to rise up and split their church. When I, when I tell them, when I tell them, and they said, how did you, who did you hire to bring your, I didn't hire nobody to do the sound system. Eric suggested something. I was going to run it by Ellie when Ellie was too busy to listen to it. I just told Eric, Eric, just do, do what's in your heart. Do what you think. When, when those preachers came and, and Eric had put up the lights, that's the first time we had the lights. Of course, the first lights he put, put up made it look like Bikini Bottom in here. Looked like we were... <laughs> I was like, Where, where's the crusty crab? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was little fish and the bubbles or whatnot. It was, I was like, I told him, I said, we're going to have to change the gels in those lights because it reminds me of a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> I want to kind of rave party he got those from, but anyhow. But then he got the second set of lights, and I mean, it was right before Revival. 
And he was like, Pastor, he said, okay, I'm going to put up some lights. I'm like, you are? You know what? When I, when I, tell, when I told those pastors, I said, I said uh, uh, you know, we started revival yesterday. That's the first time I've seen any of those lights or anything like that, the mist machine, all that. I said the drum cage. When we, when we, when we needed the drum cage, you know, I told uh, uh, Eric was like, um, Eric was like, Pastor, let me, let me take care of the drum cage. I'm going to have it built. I'm going to put siding. I'm going to do that. He told me all. And I was like, hey. he said, Pastor, I'm t-. he said, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. If you don't love it, I'll tear it down. Mm-hmm. If you don't love it, I'll tear it down. I was like, okay. I said, go for it, man. He didn't have to persuade me. I'm like, go for it. I said, if you think it'll, it'll be right. I said, everything y'all do, y'all have done with excellence. But you know those pastors when they heard me talk and say that I had given Eric to me, that when I walked in I didn't know what the lights were going to look like. They're like, Ugh. should you really be giving people? Well, yeah, you, you know, you know why, you know why I need to do what, that with you all because you need to live ready, and there's no way you're going to live ready until you can. Until you get out there and do some of this stuff without someone looking over your shoulder, without someone micromanaging you, without someone coddling you. Listen, I preach the word of God to you. I I give you the equipment that's necessary for you to fulfill the purpose to which God called you. It is up to you to live ready. If you will live ready, then you'll have more responsibility, not only from me, but from God. And, and And you'll do excellent in your ministry, but you've got to live ready. In fact, I had one of our, one of our uh, uh, visiting pastors say, I would never do that. That just, that, just, that just gives people the idea they can do whatever they want to do. I said, I don't know if you know this or not, but they can do whatever they want to do. They don't have to do any of this. No, no one has to do any of this. You have a free will. The greatest gift, like Tyler said, that you can give, the greatest gift God gave us was free will. Greatest gift you can give back to God is your free will. And be willing to live according to his standards, according to his way, according to his design, according to his desire. Go ahead, man. But you know what? We could, we could be a church like any other church. I could micromanage this place. I mean to the, well, maybe I couldn't because I'm so busy. <laughs> but you know what? Hilda, Cherie, yeah. I mean, they're detailed people. Right. It's true. They're detailed people. I reckon if they were left to their own devices, they could micromanage this thing to death. And, and, and maybe not even feel too overworked because there's a sense, there's a sense of uh, accomplishment when they, when, they can, when they can keep pushing and keep, you know. But you know what? I thank God. I thank God for every one of you that are here that have ever lifted a finger to help us to do what God put in our hearts. God prophesied to me that you were coming. I was in a meeting and Dale Gentry prophesied over me years ago. He said, many people are going to join together to help you to accomplish what God put in your heart. And here I stand today before half of the people that God sent to us to help us to do what God put in our hearts to do. <laughs> the other half are at bedside assembly, but you are here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but you know what? They, some of them are sick. Some of them are wrestling with sickness. There's, there's a lot going on. Anyway, I'm not trying to. I, when they listen to this, I don't want them to come next week and be like, I'm sorry, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. So even, the, even though this woman had a word from God, I'm trying to make a, a, a I'm, I'm comparing and contrasting here, and I don't have a watch, so I, I don't know what time it is. And we don't have a clock in here. Don't anybody tell me. Don't anybody tell me. We'll get, we'll get it. We'll, we're out of here when we're out of here. I'll just look at Michael. When Michael starts getting pale, I'll know it's time. <laughs> <laughs> when Michael turns into a white man, we'll know it's time to go. <laughs> so we're <laughs> just a comparison. So God gave this woman, this widow woman, an opportunity to live ready. He let her in on what his plan was. And she looked at her circumstances and she thought, at the time when she had more, she probably thought, I can help to sustain the man of God. I think I can get this done. Before, before we got the, shut down in that revival, we were going to have a revival tour. But then when it shut down, we, we had to make a choice. Were we going to live by the word of the Lord? Were we going to live by what God said? Listen, God knew that when the prophet showed up, this woman would have a handful of meal in a barrel and a little bit of oil in a cruise, that all she would have was a little bit, just enough to help her and her son out for one more meal, and then they were going to die. God knew it, but she didn't. I'm not trying to minimize anything here, but I'm going to tell you something. God knew what you would go through. God knew what your family would go through. God knew what was coming before you ever dreamed or imagined. Listen, God knew. He knows. But the word that he gave you before all of this, what you feel like was an avalanche of circumstances, before, you know, before, you're, before, you, before you got crazy and your husband got crazy and your kids got crazy and your family got crazy and the church got crazy and the world got crazy. Are y'all hearing me today? Before all of that, God gave you a promise. He gave you a word. He told you what you should expect. Amen. Before the doctor's report, before they start laying people off, before they start talking about recession, before gas prices got out of control, before inflation hit, God gave you a word. He didn't give you a word that trouble was coming. He gave you a word that I will uphold you. I will sustain you. I will preserve you. I will lift you up. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. Amen. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. Glory to God. You don't have to go through trouble. All you need is faith in God. Amen. Brother Shambach say, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith. I'm about to help you all today. You know, there are a lot of scriptures. I'm not going to take you to all of them. We were in a meeting uh, Friday morning listening to a woman preach. And she was talking about 
Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to go back to this verse, by the way. Just someone remind me of where it's at when we come back because y'all saw how difficult it was for me to find it in the first place. Isaiah chapter 42. Is this helping anybody yet here today? Boy, I'm about to, I'm about to get Pentecostal. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 42. We'll start with verse 13. It says, The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. I have long time holding my peace. I've been still. I refrain myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. She started at verse 15. Now let me tell you about this woman. She pastors a church in Michigan. Her and her husband, we met with them last year and had lunch with them uh, her name is Rita Austin. Her husband, John, was it John? Is that what his name? Uh, John Austin. They're pastors, pastor of this church in Michigan. We wanted to go and to help them to, uh, in their church. They, they said they were hungry for revival. We were like, hey, I'm your huckleberry. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's right. That's right up my alley. I think I can help you with it. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I only say that because Andy likes it. <laughs> when we... <laughs> <laughs> when we leave out of here and go to my office, she'll grab me and be like, oh, I really like that Huckleberry statement. <laughs> and then Tyler and Aylo come in and break it up. Anyway. <laughs> if you weren't brown, you'd be red right now. So, <laughs> but anyway, her, uh, we got a report. Uh, was it the end, the beginning of this year? No, November. The, the end of last year, about a month or two after we'd had lunch with them, it's on Facebook. John died. He died. Day before Thanksgiving, he died. Died of a massive heart attack in his home. His wife, she talked about it. She said, I laid hands on him. I prayed for him. I, I said, God, if it be thy will. Now, I'm, I wouldn't have prayed that way necessarily. You know, uh, when Michelle, when Michelle was was fighting for her life when when she had coded and they were i mean lynn came to me she's like you ready <laughs> i mean lynn man she are she had already worked up a sweat and everything she's like come on let's do this <laughs> so when you're when you're faced with that i know exactly what she was going through it's like lord we can we can do we can go through the motions but we want to know is this what you want us to do because some, sometimes we don't, in death, we don't understand. But she said, she laid hands. She said, Lord, if it's your will, you, you can bring, bring it back. She said he, he didn't come back. And they, 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 they uh, uh, tried everything, and they couldn't resuscitate him. And she buried him. She said, I never dreamed that I'd be trying to do this without my husband. Man, you could feel, you could feel the influence of a spirit of death in that room. And then she started saying something. Are y'all, are y'all still with me? Yeah. I pre, I preached something about this and y'all, y'all, when y'all heard me preach it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, when y'all heard me, I, I preached against a spirit of death and a spirit of fear. And when I preached it, y'all were like, what are you talking to us about this for? And I even told you in the message, I said, one day, I know I'm not raising to your feet. You're raising you to your feet and getting you to shout. But you're going to realize one day in, in the not too distant future, you're going to need to hear this. 
You're going to need this. And that now is the time. Because right now, fear is trying to grip some of you. Every day, some of you are wrestling with fear. Every day. Because if it could happen to Michelle, if it could happen to Alex. And, and the people that are the closest to the people that we've, that we've, and I won't say that we lost them because we know where they're at. Amen. We didn't lose Michelle. We know where Michelle is. She ain't lost. We know where she is. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What would be crazy is if we got to heaven and she was dressed like a zombie. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would that'd mess a lot of people up right there, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but, some, amen, but some of us, we're, we're, do I have a job? Can I live through this season? Do we have enough? I mean, I've got a family. I'm on a fixed income. So this was the scripture that she read. Are y'all still with me? Yeah. You're, I can tell you're tracking with me. I promise I'm going to get you out of here real soon. Verse 15. I will make waste mountains and hills, and I'll dry up all their herbs, and I'll make rivers, islands, and I'll dry up the pools, and I'll, lead, I'll bring the blind by a way that they knew not, and I'll lead them in paths that they've not known. So what she, what she said, the part that she really emphasized was, I will make waste mountains and hills. She said, you know, we face mountains. And the Bible says, if we speak to the mountains and we speak to those mountains in faith, they have to move. She said, and sometimes we don't see those mountains move. She said, but if we'll keep stepping toward God's purpose, she said, those mountains will come down before us with every step that we take. Now, see, that's, that's what she said. But, you know, the Holy Spirit came on me. And immediately he began to give me a revelation. Do you know when the Bible says mountains are going to move? Our expectation is, is that obstacles are just going to be removed out of our path. That they're just going to go away. That when we, that when we find ourselves coming up to a valley in life, that all of a sudden the Lord's going to cause the valley to come up under our feet and there's not going to be a valley. What we don't understand is what these scriptures are saying is not that at all. And I think that's why some of us get in trouble. It's because we expect that God's going to remove the difficulty, that he's going to remove the obstacles, that he's going to remove the low places, and that he's going to remove the high places. We think that he's literally going to take and get them out of the way. What we don't understand is that when you keep your focus and your attention on him, when you look to him, when you believe him, the obstacles aren't removed. The mountains don't move out of the way. It's just that you start walking on that mountain and you don't realize that you're on the mountain because your eyes aren't on the mountain. Your eyes are on the Lord. And that when you go through the valley, it's not that you're not in a valley. You're right smack dab in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. But because your eyes and your focus has been squarely, because you live ready, because you live ready, because you live ready, 
Listen, if you are aware of the mountains of your life, you're not living ready. If you are aware of the valleys that you're going through, you're not living ready. When you live ready, you don't know when you're in the valley. You don't know when you're on the mountaintop. Because you're not looking with your eyes. You're walking by faith in the Son of God. Your eyes are squarely upon Him. And God is always the same. He never changes. And because He never changes, things never change for you. Are y'all hearing me today? Boy, I'm preaching. <laughs> no wonder God's people are up and down and up and down. And why, why we have to have counselors in the church. Why we have to have people be, uh, sit and, and get counseled. Y'all remember, Cherie reminded me of this testimony. Because I told, I told them, after we left that service, and that woman preached. But God was telling me something altogether different. And when I told them what Cherie reminded me, she said, Pastor, do you remember when the Lord told you you were in the greatest battle of your life? Y'all remember me telling that story? I was on my way to revival in Newcastle. And the Lord spoke to me while I was in the car. And you know what he said to me? He said, you are in the greatest battle of your entire life, of your entire ministry. Do you know, you know what was crazy about it? I had no idea I was in the battle. It was well with my soul. Everything was well with me. I was like, I'm in a battle. I was perplexed. I was confused. I'm like, if this is the greatest battle of my life, I mean, I've had a harder time on diets. It's true. I've had a hard, harder time counting calories if this is the greatest battle. And the Lord said, he, here's what he told me. This is how strong the battle was. He said, everything that you have ever said and done is being scrutinized. The Lord said, you need to watch what you say because they're listening. He says, and they're looking to discredit and invalidate everything that I have ever said and done through your life and ministry. And if you're not careful what you say, you're going to help them. And so I began to watch what I said. I had to live ready. You know what? I didn't see the battle. Thank God I didn't see the battle. Most of, the, most of my life, I've gone through life and gone through difficulties and struggles, but never saw the struggle. I only lived for him. And guess what? It was in the valley. It was a joy to live for him. Do you know why? Because when my eyes were squarely fixed on him, I didn't see the shadows of death. I didn't hear the reports of impossibility. All I knew is what he said. Church, this is not just where God's called your pastor to live. This is where he's called you to live. And I'm telling you, you thought COVID was a test. I'm telling you right now, the greatest test that the church has ever had is ahead of us. You shouldn't be afraid of it. You shouldn't be, in fact, you ought to be saying, bring it on. And, and you know what? Maybe that's, maybe that's why I had that attitude. Whenever they told me in the Mennonite church, oh, the devil's going to come. And I was like, bring it on, devil. Right. At that time, Pat Benatar was popular, and she had a song called, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. And I was, and I was saying, I was yelling at the devil. I would invite the devil to services at the Mennonite church. Until my pastor rebuked me. He's like, don't do that. 
was like, why not? He said, why would you invite the devil to our church? Do you want us to have problems? I said, I thought we had more power than the devil. I mean, when I wanted to fight someone, I called them out. How are you going to fight someone if they're not around? How are you going to beat the crowd out of somebody if you can't get your hands on them? Let's at least get them in the building so we can wipe the floor with them. Now, that was my thought back then. I'm not saying that was wise. I'm just saying that was my thinking. But I have, I have lived my life in a way. And, and I'm, the reason I'm saying this is because if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. You understand? I'm not the most intelligent man on the planet. I'm not the greatest preacher. I'm not the, I'm not the best orator. I'm not the, I'm not the most qualified pastor. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have lived ready. And because I have lived ready, I have gone, I have been on the mountaintop and it didn't go to my head. I had been on the mountaintop and didn't think I was all that in a bag of chips. I didn't think the people had to kiss my ring when I walked in the room. I didn't think I couldn't go to small churches because I'd gone to churches with thousands of people. And I've been in the valley where I couldn't even begin to do what God called me to do because no one would have me. Do we sing that song, There's Nothing Better Than You? Can we sing that song here? I couldn't remember. I... <laughs> yeah, I sing it. Yeah, I just did it. You didn't do it today, did you? The God of the mountain. Yeah, I, that, that was when I came in, you were singing. I didn't know I was going to quote it. So anyhow, Brother Ellie was singing this song in revival. And he stopped at that part where he said, the God of the mountain is the God of the... He just stopped there and he sang that for about 20 minutes. He said, the God of the mountains is the God of the valley. He said one more time. Oh, the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. One more time, the God of the mound. We did for 20 minutes. And then he stopped and he said this. He said, you know what? God is the same God when you're on the mountaintop as he is when you're in the valley. He said, I just sense in my spirit that God wants us to realize that. That's, that's, that's how you can live. When, when your life is inconsistent, it's because you're not living ready. You're, if, if, you're, if your life is inconsistent, it's because you're ready for inconsistency. You're not ready for what God said. When sometimes, you're, when sometimes you come to church and you're like, ah. Boy, you strut around here like a rooster in the morning. I, listen, I can tell when some of y'all are on the mountaintop. You here early? You bright-eyed, bushy-tailed? You talking to everybody? Shaking hands? Hugging everybody? Praise the Lord. 
But when you're in the valley, you drag in on the last song. At the end of my message, when I say, everybody stand up, you head for the door. <laughs> we, we <clears throat> if you're on the worship team every Thursday, every Wednesday, I expect a text from you. Well, I ain't going to make it. I'm late. If I'm 15 minutes late, I'm not, I can't be there, so I'm just, uh, forgive me, forget I won't be there. And all this time, you thought you was fooling me. What you expect is what you're going to get. Your Listen, listen to me. I'm, I'm almost done. Your circumstances may even change for a little while to benefit you. But if you don't eradicate those negative things that you've been living ready for, you need to start living ready for him. And again, I said I was going to tell you how to do that, and I'm not sure I have time. I, will, I'll, I'll expand, I won't expand on it, but I'll just say it, and then you can, you can hash it out yourself. But go, go, go back to that uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. Run there real quick, and we'll finish this up. 1 Kings chapter 17. Whew, glory. Hallelujah. So remember, we're at that place where, where she said, <clears throat> she said to the prophet, she said, um, He arose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow was gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water that I may drink. And as she was fetching it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little bit of oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me uh, and my son, that we may eat it and die. She's looking for sympathy. She was looking for a way out of what she had heard God tell her to do. The prophet was only reminding her of what God had already told her to do. Remember, when God sent him, he said, I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. She knew he was coming. She had an opportunity to go another direction. In fact, it looked like she would. But what was her fear? Die. How many mothers are in here? How many of you are mothers? You and your kid are in your house. You and your kid are in your house. You have a handful of meal and a little bit of oil. You have enough food to make one little cake, according to this scripture. Who's going to get that cake after you make it? You're not going to eat any of it. You know good and well, if you're a mother in here, you know good and well you're not going to take one bite of that cake. That, that woman wasn't afraid of dying. That woman was afraid of losing her kid. Yeah. 
But the prophet says, he said to her, fear not. He identified it, fear not. Fear not, go, do as thou hast said, but make me a little cake first. Now, she just got done saying she didn't have enough but for a little cake. <laughs> then he says, give me the first one. But that gave her an indicator. Hmm, a first one. Give me one first. If there's a first, that must mean there's a... And you know what? If there's a second, there might could be a... And if there's a third, there might could be a... In fact, we find out that she was obedient, did what God told her to do. And the prophet and her and her child and her entire house were supplied throughout the entire famine. There was enough cake for everybody as long as there was a famine in the land. Amen. Amen. Supernatural provision. But that's not what I want you to see. I'm almost done. Verse 17. It came to pass that after these things, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. The thing that she had feared came on her anyway, and her kid died. Because even though the Lord made provision, she never came to the place where she broke that influence of the fear of the loss of her child. And her kid died anyway. I believe that's why we're seeing an increase in the amount of deaths. Because people were given an expectation of death through COVID. And it didn't meet the expectation. And some people never changed what they were living ready for. I know, I know some of you are like, that's a stretch. But no, it's not a stretch. It's a spiritual principle. It's, it, people don't know what we set in motion by our expectations, by our words, by the things. We, that's why it's so important that we as the church, God wants to raise you up because he wants, especially our church, God wants to raise y'all up because God has taught us how to live ready. This isn't just for you. This is for a lost and dying world. We know, and we know how to live ready. I'll just tell you. What is the next part of that verse where we just read in Ephesians says, live ready? Well, what Pastor Hans preached last week. Right. Don't be unwise, be wise, knowing what the will of the Lord is. Right. You got to find out what God's will is for you. God knows that you want something else, but what is his will? What is he saying? What's God saying to you? You know, I know some of you, it's your, it's your will, it's your desire to be married, to have a husband. Because uh, most of the single people we have in here are women. I'm not sure that we have uh, very many single males. But anyhow, some, some people, they want, they, want, they want marriage. They want to be married. Guess what? Do the will of God and you'll be married. If you follow the leading of the Spirit, God will lead you to your husband or your wife. Amen. You got to live ready, though. You got to live ready. Not frumpy, ready. Not in debt, ready. Amen. Not unkempt, ready. Amen. Boy, listen, some of y'all that's single, if, 
I've, I've seen some single men. Listen, man, if you want to, if you want to marry your wife, take a bath. <laughs> Wash your truck. Shave your neck. You can keep your... <laughs> I'm with you, bro. My neck needs shaved. You just can't tell because I'm fat. <laughs> it just looks like it's all my chin, but that's all my neck. <laughs> Wash your truck. Uh, yeah, call Tyler if you don't have time to wash it. Tyler's like, call me up. I'll get you a deal. The wife attracting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carolyn's like, I'll dolly up if you come over to me. Carolyn, she, she was going to get me a wig and everything. Oh, come on, Jesus. Just make it long dreads, and I'll wear, I'll wear them shoes that got toes on everything. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll, and I'll change my name to, uh, I'll be Todd Sanchez. Amen. Or Ziggy White. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> or, you know, I could get a Benny Hinn hairstyle. Have me a shelf right here, yeah? Oh, man, birds would be dying over my house from the dead ozone. <laughs> birds be like... <laughs> <laughs> One, my whole recycle bin be full of Aquanet cans. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, is it pumping up now? Okay, well, I thought it was Aquanet, but anyhow. Kill the ozone, Aquanet. We got to be filled with the Spirit. We got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, church, we know what that looks like, and it don't look like most of the churches in the world. We got to get beside ourselves filled with the Spirit. Amen. Stand up all over the place. Praise God. Did anybody get helped here today with this? Thank God. Boy, I tell you, the Lord has been talking to us big time, and he is helping us. He's helping us. Now, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it's easy. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say, oh, it's so easy. You know, uh, no, man, it, to, to, to make that shift, to get over there. You just got to make that shift. You got to make that shift. Don't sell yourself short. Believe God. Trust the Lord. Amen. Trust the Lord. Come on, Bubba. Get up here. You with your Hawaiian self. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, son. Come on. <laughs> he looked like he stepped out of an episode of Miami Vice. <clears throat> you look good, pal. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Bubba. You're good. Praise God. <laughs> Any day now. Thank you, Jesus. No. <laughs> I want to agree with you that God's going to finish what he started in you. That you're going to live ready. That you're going to live ready. That you're going to encourage others to live ready. 
that you're going to, you're not going to let people, you're not going to let people sit and talk with you and say, oh, you know, everything's so terrible. No, you'll be like, you're going to be like, you're going to be like that meme of Batman and Robin, you know, that slapping meme. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Are you serious? Especially those that are believers. Especially those that are members of this church. Some, some people in this church battling with chronic illness. We need to remind them regular, live ready. Live ready. Don't live ready for chronic illness. If you're incapacitated, how are you going to fulfill God's promise? Did God call you to do something or did he not? If he called you to do something, then you've got to live in a way that expects that physically you're going to be able to carry what God told you to carry. If, if, you're, if you're looking to have children, if the doctors say, sorry, you're shooting blanks, here's the deal. If God, if God promised you children, you'd be like, hmm, I'm about to get reloaded. Amen. Amen. The doctors say, you, run, you ran out of eggs. You ain't got no more eggs. Be like, well, supernaturally increase headed my way. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. When, when you start living ready, thank God. Thank God. Some of us, we go out and we have job prospects. And instead of living ready, to land the job, we live ready for them to say no. No, you got to live ready for them to say amen. <clears throat> Do you know that's why I hesitated to advertise the, the aircraft detailing business? Because number one, I knew the Lord told me. Number two, I knew that the minute that I did, I was going to get, it was coming. And I had to be ready. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't usually say a word. Annie, there's some things Annie, you know, I know that she's interested in other things she's just not interested. And it's okay. She don't have to be interested. Uh, it's not required for your wife to be interested in every stinking thing you do. Amen. She don't have to be excited about everything. Annie don't have to be excited about, if I'm talking about getting a, getting a scratch out, it's okay for her to be going like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, did you see this video? Because I know she's not interested, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I don't get angry with her, though. I know she, she, got, she don't care about no scratches. She don't care about no paint job. Hey, we got this paint real nice. Well, mm, oh, good. Oh, that's exciting. I know good and well she ain't excited. <laughs> but it's, it's good to tell her. And I'm glad she acts excited sometimes. I'm like, well, thank you, baby. You put some effort in that one there. She, she even came with me a day, and she said, I'm going to help you out today. I'm like, huh? I knew good and well she's going to sit in front of that fan, but I'm glad she did what she did. I'm glad she, no, I'm, you did, baby. I'm glad you, you did. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did do good. But see, I was, I, honestly, church, and I'm, I'm not saying that as a brag. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that that's, that's it's, it's such a part of my DNA. And that's, that, I think that's why I've had, as much success as I've had at anything. Not because I'm smart. It's just not stupid enough to be like, well, God said it, I know this is going to happen, so I got to be ready. 
I was, I was stacking up on equipment. I was buying, I was buying polishers, professional polishers. And, and someone was like, well, why would you buy that for? Well, I'm doing my airplane. Well, for your airplane, I mean, couldn't you go to like Harbor Freight? You're going to spend $500 on a polisher that you're going to use. Well, how many times are you going to polish your airplane? Once every four years? And you buying top-of-the-line polisher? Well, no, I'm buying that because there's coming a time. And anyone who listened to me knew. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to use this whenever. And, of course, in their minds, they're like, dude, you don't even have time. You don't have enough time to even... Listen, you can, you can be, you can allow everyone to dictate where you're going to go by their opinion, or you can live by faith in the Son of God. Amen. And all this stuff started coming, big boxes of pads and, and polish and, and all this. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just getting some stuff together, getting ready. took longer to gather the supplies than it did to get the jobs. It took longer for me to gather the stuff to get the jobs than it took for me to get the jobs. We made seven grand in four days. $7,800 in four days. In four days. Now I know some of you say, I made that in two. I made, I made more than that in two. Yeah, but four days of doing something that wasn't even work to you? Yeah. It was like, it was work to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's like, I only get, it was work for her because she got paid $20 an hour. <laughs> like, $20 an hour is all I got paid for. I told someone, I told someone, I said, I, uh, I said, I've got my boy working. He's like, man, I work for my dad. I was like, yeah, you know, it's tough, isn't it? You know, 20 bucks an hour. He's like, you pay your boy 20 bucks an hour? I'll come work for you. <laughs> Didn't even get a smile. He's like, I'm living ready for a raise. <laughs> Still no smile. <laughs> that boy must really be, he must really be disconnected today. Anyhow. <laughs> he was trying, he was trying. <clears throat> That's how we need to, we need to live from faith to faith. From glory to glory, amen. You're going higher, Amen. Raven going to drop you a quarter pounder in the morning and a quarter pounder in the evening. You're going to drink from the brook, glory to God. And when the time comes, the desolate place, out of the desolate place is going to come your provision. When everyone, when everyone else is struggling, the widow is going to be there with her little handful of meal in a barrel, a little bit of oil in a cruise. You know how many years preachers have been looking at me going to small churches and saying, how you doing that? Because I live ready. Because I don't trust them. I trust him. Thank God. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that today that your word will be life. 
In fact, that's what that's the book of Proverbs said, that your words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. God, I thank you that people are leaving here with life, with health, both spiritual, physical, emotional, in every area of life. Lord, I thank you that we don't live by the words of, of men, but we live by your word. And God, your word will never pass away. I thank you, Lord, that today you've encouraged us to live ready. And so we intend on living ready from today forward. I want, instead of, in lieu of me laying hands on everybody and praying, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Lord, from today forward, I determine in my heart and in my mind and with my whole being to live ready. Not to live ready for the world and the ways of the world. But to live ready for your word to be accomplished in every area of my life. In my job, in my family, in my ministry, in everything I put my hands to. In this church, we live ready. We live ready. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to agree with this prayer that I'm about to pray. You just agree with me. Now, Father, I come against the spirit of death. I command that spirit of death that has been trying to get a hold of the church and God's people. I, I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I tell you, you have no authority to operate. That, that, that spirit, that spirit of, of uh, famine of drought, of lack. We break it in the name of Jesus. You trying, but I'm telling you right now, you have to give up. You have to cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that your people are being captured into your presence and taken up into your hand. And Lord, as we leave this place, we're leaving here ready, ready for the victory, ready for promotion. I declare promotions coming to God's people in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, jobs and better jobs. I thank you, Lord, raises and bonuses in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, checks in the mail. I thank you, Lord, money found in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, supernatural debt cancellation. Glory to God. I thank you, Father, that we are the recipients of your blessing in every area of our lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Lord, this is our season to sow. Lord, we're sowing. We're sowing, God, and we're giving according to your word. And some of us, because of our sowing, we're going to get some of that great big whopper chunk seed to sow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for increase. Thank you, Lord, for an abundant supply. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That when everyone else is struggling and lacking, God, that we're, you're going to be able to use us to make a way not only of provision and supply and increase for us, but God, we'll be able to supply for others. Lord, let Michael be able to hire a hundred men because of what you do in him. May Eric and, and, and all that are in business here and Cherie, everyone, Lindsay, Carolyn, everyone.
Tyler, myself, Pastor Annie, Jasmine, thank God. Every one of you that own businesses, yeah, Don, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, God's going to increase you, Rachel. Oh, Yamara Saboya. A kitchen full of chefs. Glory to God. An entire building dedicated to doing what it is. When everyone else's business fails, yours flourishes in Jesus' name. Every one of you. I speak it over you now in the name of Jesus. Supernaturally increase. Thank God. Thank God. But more, more than anything, God's going to use you as his voice to a world that needs a word from God. That you're going to be the voice that speaks encouragement. So Lord, anoint each, anoint each one. Anoint each voice. May the lost be won. May the sick be healed. May the bound be set free. And may the name of Jesus be magnified in all that we do. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. How many of you this, this helped you? It was a blessing to you. Praise God. Well, listen, I love you with all my heart. I've got good news. I'm going to be here all the way to the, at least to the end of August for sure. And uh, um, so I won't, I won't be gone for, typically I'm gone once. I try to only go one Sunday a month. And then you know how Wednesdays go. If we break out into revival, I'm not here on Wednesday. Uh, but you know that we've got more than capable people here because you've been hearing them and they've been bringing it. Amen. Amen. Thank God. I mean, you give the mic to Hilda, she'll be up here. You know, you know it. Last week she, she's on it, man. She's like Jesse du, she's like Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> up in here. Amen. Thank God. So um, I will be here though for the rest of the month. So uh, this month and next month. We do have meetings in Shawnee, and so there'll be one Wednesday that we're trying to figure out how we, how we navigate that. We may just uh, um, cancel service here and see if we can't get y'all to come out to Shawnee, as many as of you that can or that want to, and then those that don't, you know, you'll have a break that.